Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Uh, and if you're new, welcome. Today we're talking about some important things that a lot of people just kind of glaze over, which is accounting and bookkeeping. And it's actually the real business stuff of being the business owner. So many people, uh, I've been guilty of this as well when I was first starting, we just want to start helping people. We want to start diving into the marketing and the customer avatar and client acquisition and sales and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff's great. It's super important and it's, it's necessary, but a lot of people just kind of glaze over this really important, like nitty gritty of like how to do, how to take care of our finances and deal with taxes and all this kind of stuff. And then tax season comes around. It's like, Oh, you all this money. You're like, Oh my God. So we're going to dive into this. Uh, my guest today is Reagan Bashara. She's an accounting and bookkeeping for, um, expert for small businesses in the U S specifically with like QuickBooks online. She has a ton of knowledge around this stuff. And it was just nice to have her on the podcast. Um, to really talk about how to how to take control of our finances and our business so that we can actually start to develop wealth, which is what I think everybody really wants. That's how we can take back our um, our freedom and our financial uh, freedom and leave a legacy in the world is by building wealth. So I'm excited to have you on here. How are you doing, Reagan? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, like the story, I guess, behind it. What, what made you decide to to get into this and to start your own business around bookkeeping and accounting? Yeah. So fun fact, I actually don't have a degree in accounting. <laughs> I have a math and physics degree from LSU and I've always loved numbers, equations, you know, all those good things. I'm a very science oriented person. Mm. And I finished my degree and was just interested in working in an accounting office uh, in my senior year of college. And during tax season, they needed some extra help. So I kind of dipped my toe a little bit into bookkeeping. And I found that I really enjoy just processing that large amount of data for people, for businesses. And I don't like doing taxes so much. But if you work in an accounting office in the United States, chances are you're going to be doing taxes. So for the past, uh, well, for seven years after I graduated from LSU, I worked for the same accounting firm and we did bookkeeping, small businesses, um, you know, helping them get set up, keep their numbers tracked every month. We also did taxes and I really determined that I don't like doing taxes. Mm -hmm. And then in 2022, I quit that job, uh, you know, nice, stable nine to five job and started my own bookkeeping firm because I wanted to be able to create the kind of wealth that I wanted in my life. And truly, like being a business owner is the way to do that. You don't have to negotiate like your salary with somebody else. Like you're the deciding factor for what you get paid. And I also had a lot of creative ideas for business and for what I do and what I teach. And I wanted to be able to implement those myself and kind of have that freedom to create something from nothing, which I think I share with probably a lot of entrepreneurs out there. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, congratulations on taking the leap. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, so what, I mean, what kind of clients do you work? Do you work with a lot of people who are, I mean, small businesses, but uh, like a lot of entrepreneurs, there's a lot of people that are on my audience and they're, they're they want to coach things. They want to share their knowledge online. It's primarily my, my audience. Right. Um, so what are kind of, I guess, uh, best steps cause to, to like keeping track of our finances and kind of getting going with actually building wealth um, yeah, it's kind of kind of my big question is like, what can what can someone who's starting their business or even someone who's been in it for a while but hasn't paid too much attention, like really start doing to get in the process of building real wealth? Yeah, 
Great question. I, I get this so often from people that are just like thinking about starting a side hustle, maybe turning it into a business. And then I also get the same question for people that have been in business for like 10 years. They're like, what should I be doing? And I'm like, what have you been doing this whole time? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just my, what I tell everybody is like, you know, make sure that you keep your business finances separate from your personal finances. And I, I know everybody says that, but the reason why is not just like setting it up under an LLC to kind of have that legal protection of you and the entity being separate. But like, it just makes the data so much easier if it's in one place and it's not intermingled with your personal stuff. Mm -hmm. Not only would that put like your personal finances at risk, um, or you might be like personally liable for somebody suing you if you did something crazy, but having that separation of church and state really, that's like, here's my business stuff over here and it's separate from me. And this is where I put all of that money and that's where I spend all of the money. Now, for a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, when we start out, you know, our personal funds get invested into the business to begin with. Our mm -hmm. personal credit is what we use whenever we need to buy software or we pay for coaching packages to like get us up and going. And that's perfectly okay. I have a system for recording that, but I tell people as much as possible in the beginning, teach yourself and set up your system so that it's separate because like once you get in that habit of keeping things separate, it's going to be so much easier to not only track it and analyze it and just develop that habit of like seeing your business as apart from you rather than you being the business because you're the owner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I mean, well, I so having separate the separate finances are incredibly important from like different bank accounts and whatnot, uh, what do you kind of recommend with people to, I guess, like best prepare for taxes? Because mm -hmm. I have kind of my system that I've I've built over the years just in doing this, that've helped me kind of keep track of things, but what do you kind of recommend? Is there any kind of tools that you recommend or habits that people do uh, to make sure that when tax season comes around, they can be best prepared to like get through it easily and stay organized with their taxes? For sure. Well, I mean, to stay on top of it throughout the year is not as much of a feat to do it in little chunks versus waiting to kind of get all your shit together and like have everything all over the place. So as, in terms of like habits and systems, I tell folks have one place that you put receipts, have one folder in your email inbox that you filter, like if you receive an invoice or a receipt from Square or something have that rule set up so that it goes to that folder. Have one place that things go that when you need to sit down and organize, you know where to look. Because I mean, if especially people who are like ADHD, <laughs> having a system that it's like, I have one place where things go and that is the absolute rule mm -hmm. is really helpful because otherwise it ends up being completely scattered. And then when you sit down to do taxes or you want to pull reports for your accountant or your tax preparer at the end of the year, things are in one place. And so beyond managing receipts, um, I use QuickBooks Online. I'm a certified advanced pro advisor. So that's what all of my current clients use. And I like it. I think it's like one of the best tools on the market for accounting software. Um, it's really powerful at every level of subscription um, for all sorts of business types and all, all different industries. But having like a place that is already kind of set up and automated for your success as a business owner, like it's worth the money. It's worth the investment to me because 
that makes tax time such a breeze for all of my people and just pull a report and just email it to them. And then like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that you, um, that you said like to have a, a little folder or label mm -hmm. or something in your email. Cause that's what I do. I make sure everything yeah. gets emailed to me and I just have a little, mm -hmm. I use Gmail. So yeah. they're called labels, but it's basically a folder. Right. And, um, yeah, I just call it business receipts and yeah. I just, anything that, you know, is a receipt from my business, software, tools, you know, upgrades, whatever it is, uh, coaching even, like I throw everything in that business receipt. And what's nice is it automatically categorizes it by year for you. Yeah. So you don't really have to think about it. And it's all digital. So I, I, I do email as much as possible with anything um, and just say, yeah, just email it to me, put it right in there. And then when taxes come around, it's just easy. I can just type in, I know like the couple of softwares that I use and things mm -hmm. and I'll just type in, you know, the name of that. And it's like, oh, cool. So yeah. there it is. Um, so that stuff is just, that was, I used to just be so sporadic about it. And I started doing that. I also in a uh, Google drive, I mm -hmm. have a folder that I just call taxes and pretty much yeah. just like after you do your taxes and you get like the full write up and summary of yeah. taxes and like a PDF. So I just kind of pop that in uh, based right. on the year and then mm -hmm. I have it on file. So it's really easy to access. And you know, when I go to Google drive, you can just type in the search bar, um, like 2022 taxes or whatever, and it'll pop up. Cause then if I yeah. ever need that for something else, it's like, oh yeah, I have all that stuff already stored. It just makes my job easier, you know, tax professionals, everything just so, so much easier to just stay organized. But I think that's a challenge for a lot of people is they're like, <laughs> that's exactly what I recommend by year too, because that's yeah. how your return gets filed. So like, it makes sense to me that like all the year things yep. are going to go with each other. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. So like when you land inside of my Google drive, I have three folders, I have business, personal, and then taxes. Mm -hmm. And those are like the main three you see. Yeah. And I used to do like productivity coaching with people and just like mm -hmm. being organized and organized people's mm -hmm. tech when I was like getting into it. And, um, that I see people's Google drives and they're just like scrambled everywhere. So I'm super yeah. like organized, <laughs> like total ADD yeah. with it. So, um, but it's not in my business. Then I have subfolders inside mm -hmm. there of like marketing or, yeah. you know, different things like that. Um, clients, yep. you know, et cetera. But yeah, when I click on the taxes one, then it goes over and I have 2020, you know, one, 2022, 2023, and they're all separate folders and they just have like the summary of those taxes inside there for me. Um, right. And yeah, that's just been, you know, for the listener, just something that's been really helpful for me and just made my life so much easier when tax season comes around. For sure. And yeah. with Google, um, so if you're using Google um, Workspace for your business, uh, Google Drive will connect to QuickBooks Online and pull mm. receipts for you. Oh, and cool. then QuickBooks Online has like their own little AI. They actually read like if it's a PDF, but even if you upload photos, they'll like read the receipt for like vendor, date, uh, mm. and then they'll try to guess the category which you can go in and tell them like, yes, this is categorized correctly or no, recategorize it. So like, that's nice that QuickBooks has developed software that talks to other spaces that people use. Right. Um, it's very imperfect. So I always tell people that like, you're the deciding factor. You need to be reviewing it on a regular basis to make mm -hmm. sure that they got it right. But go ahead and connect those things. I'm all about like, make it talk to each other. And that way I can just sit back and do my thing and not have to kind of deal with all the details. Totally. I'd love to know uh, what's something that still surprises you when you work with new clients um, or just working with clients in general. Is there anything that still like kind of surprises you about accounting and bookkeeping and all that? Um, I 
I'm not really sure. I guess I get, I've got this question a lot recently from people asking like, well, when should I start tracking things? Um, like what revenue level do I get to? How much money do I need to make before I start tracking stuff? And I'm like, there's zero. That's the point where you start <laughs> before you take money from people. Please have a system to like keep track of it. I don't care what it looks like as long as it makes sense to you and you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. As long as you're going to use the system and it work, then it works for you. So I tell folks like there's no revenue level. You need to treat it as a serious business because people paying you are treating you seriously. So sure. yeah. totally hundred percent. So I'd love to kind of hear a bit more about, um, you know, your transition from working for a company to then working for yourself. Like, how do you, what, how do you kind of, uh, I guess, yeah. Like, what was that experience like from going to a job where they're like, here's what you're doing for the day. And you're like, okay, cool. And then doing it to now being a business owner and kind of having to come up with like, what am I going to do today? And then actually follow through with it. Tell me just <laughs> a bit more about that. Yes. Great question. Um, I think that that is the biggest hurdle for a lot of people to get over whenever they start their own business. I was never really micromanaged. I was always like a self-starters, what the term is that like, I knew what needed to be done and I would just show up and do it. I didn't have to have somebody telling me what to do unless they were like, Hey, can you help me with this project? But so I never had problems with like timekeeping and um, sticking to like a schedule and meeting deadlines. Accounting is very deadline based work. So right. I'm like rigid about like this has to be done by this date or my client is in trouble and I have to pay for the penalties <laughs> if they don't file in time. Um, so having a calendar system that you're going to follow is probably the most important thing and developing the habit of following it and not arguing with yourself. Um, mm. <laughs> so I'll put something on my calendar like, oh, I need to do my own bookkeeping for my business every month, obviously. And so I have that on my calendar. This is the time I sit down and do my bookkeeping. And then the time comes and I'm like, oh, I'm tired or like, I want to eat a snack or mm. like, husband wants to go to like brunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like, uh, not allowing myself to have that conversation at that time or that argument really, and just be like, this is not up for debate at this time. This is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and developing that skill of doing what, or like not skill, but just knowing that you're going to do what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Um, and that trust in yourself really is what it is. Like, I know that if I put something on there, I'm, I'm going to get it done at that time. Mm -hmm. So starting small, like one thing a week, calendar it, put it on there, write, write it down. I use everything digital. Um, and then when the time comes, like do it and then notice like, is something coming up? Am I feeling resistant to that, doing that thing right now? Why? Mm -hmm. Um, does it need to be moved or am I just being dramatic? Like, <laughs> totally. And yeah. So developing that skill of sticking to a calendar is very important whenever you're your own boss. Like, uh, you have clients to answer to, of course, like if you don't do work for them, uh, that can harm your relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like you answer to yourself. And so having that time accountability, I think is a big hurdle for people, but it wasn't so much for me because I was already kind of self-starting even when I was working for someone else. Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way. Cause I used to be in construction, like when I first left, I followed my dad's footsteps and went into it. 
And yeah. yeah, you just show up and it's like, this is what I want you to do today. I want you to be here for like the week. You're going to be working on this project. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And I would just kind of do it. And then <laughs> I became my own business owner and started my business and was like, for like the first, like probably week or so, I was just like hanging out. <laughs> I'm like, I should probably like, <laughs> what do, do I something. Do? <laughs> yeah, I should probably do something, you know? <laughs> like, right. So it's, it started out for me as um, I was in Costco one time and just doing some like grocery shopping and I walk over like the office supply stuff, just looking for some things. And I found it was like three bucks and they had this huge pack of these white uh, blank like notebook things, but they weren't like, uh -huh. they were just like kind of like a, you peel off the paper. There wasn't like an yeah. open, like a book, you know, a uh, notepad. I mean, mm -hmm. so they had this huge pack of those. And I was like, I could just like write out some things to do on there, you know, and just <laughs> yeah. leave it on my desk and be like, here's like what I want to get done today and then do it. Yeah. So that was kind of like what I started as. And mm. now I keep everything very like, like you, you know, very digital. I learned, you know, getting into productivity and all that stuff about time blocking yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I know some people, they hear time blocking and they're like, oh my God, you know, like it sounds too rigid and it's like, it doesn't uh -huh. have to be. Um, mm -hmm. There's a great book uh, about productivity that was really insightful for me when I read it called The One Thing by Gary Keller mm. and um, great book. But he talks about like the whole book's really centered around the question of what's the one thing I can do that by doing that one thing would make everything else easier or yeah. totally unnecessary. And then mm -hmm. you focus on that one thing. And then after you you know do that, it makes everything else easier or unnecessary. And um, then you can reveal the next one thing. So it's thinking about the big domino that knocks over the little ones. But right. he, talks, he talks a lot about time blocking as well and talks about using big time blocks. And I thought that was a really good example because that's what I do. I have like my workout, like my calendar is literally like the entire thing is blocked, but it's about, <laughs> it's about four big blocks that are color yeah. coded. So yeah. like my sleep is on there. Mm -hmm. uh, and like roughly like my wind down and sleep is what I call it. Cause yeah. it's not exact, but it's just a, it's just a general gauge of like my day. Um, mm -hmm. So it starts around like 8 p.m., wind down and sleep. And I could be in bed by 10, you know, sometimes I'm in nine, sometimes it's eight, I'm just tired <laughs> and I wanna yeah. sleep. Uh, and I wake up at like 5.20 on average, yeah. but I don't always, sometimes I just need more sleep, so I'll sleep yeah. longer. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not so rigid with myself, but it helps me when I look at my calendar, know where I'm at in my day based on kind of like what, what I'm optimized for sort of. So like I have my work hours set when I'm more awake and productive, which is like 9am to 2pm. Yeah. And I'd rather have short work hours where I really just focus on like Gary Keller's one thing and yeah. I get that stuff done. And then after my work hours, once two o'clock hits or three, if I need to finish up something, I will. Sometimes it's sooner. Uh, I'll end my day and then I go into my next block, which is family and friends. So mm -hmm. when I look at my calendar, if I'm in the big yellow block, that's family and friends time. Yeah. And I chose yellow because it's like playful. And that helps mm -hmm. me just be like, I'm going to be with family and friends. Cause it's so, I was just like working all the time. Yeah. And I wasn't dedicating the time and being present with my family and friends, which is super important to me. That's why I got into business so I can have the freedom to like <laughs> do things, you know, and not be working yeah. all the time. Um, so I'm That's a huge... like the paradox for business owners. Like you get into it to make all this money and have all your time back. And then you're like, I'm not making any money and I don't have any more time because I'm working all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's wild. And what's interesting too, is when I actually 
cut down my work hours and thought about like that one thing question and just mm-hmm. like spend time to think about it. Uh, Tim Ferriss, author of the four hour work week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story inside of expert secrets by Russell Brunson, where he talks about uh, how he was at this event where you had to be a millionaire in order to be into it, uh, yeah. in, into like this event. And Tim Ferriss is one of the speakers. He's talking about processes and stuff and they do a Q and a, and this lady raises her hand. She's like, like, what's your morning routine? Like, t- t- what's your typical work day? Right. And uh, he's like the big productivity guy. And he's like, honestly, if you followed my work day, you'd be bored out of your mind. He's like, <laughs> I'll wake up, you know, I'll, I'll drink some coffee or tea. I'll go read a book. I'll hang out in the sun, maybe go for a walk. And it's like, where's the work? You know, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And yeah. he said that the whole time he's really thinking about that big domino. He's thinking mm. like, like pinpointing and just like having time to relax and be away from work that that insight starts to come up of like, if I do this thing, that's going to make everything else. So yeah. it's going to knock over the, the smaller dominoes. And it was interesting for me because I was working like a ridiculous amount of hours thinking that I was being quote unquote productive. Right. Um, I made more money. I became more productive and I had more time with my family and friends by um, cutting down my work hours because it forced me to just focus and be more strategic on different things. Yeah, for sure. I like that idea. I'm going to look into that just what can I do to make everything else redundant? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And like, and like a great example is, you know, if you're like booking calls for your business or something Mm -hmm. and you meet someone and then you're like, okay, I got to go into like zoom and make my, my whole entire like meeting, you know, which requires multiple steps and being like, Oh, he's like, is this time good for you? No. Okay. Emailing back and forth. It's like, well, if you just, if one thing you did was just create a Calendly account with yep. one free event where you just set it up to where it automatically creates your Zoom meeting, they pick a yep. time that works around your schedule and just send them the link. Like that's a great example of a big domino that just knocked over all these other useless steps that like automations can take care of. Oh know? my God. I, I'm obsessed with Acuity and I, I yeah. got that really early on in my business and I'm like, I am so glad that I just paid. It's like 16 bucks a month or something. So worth it. Take my money. Yeah, please. (laughs) Please, somebody else handle this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So as you've, um, as you've kind of gained more experience um, in just bookkeeping in general and doing accounting and kind of like the, the real business stuff, not just like client acquisition stuff, but like taking care of our stuff, what do you feel like has become more important to you and, uh, and why? really developing a relationship with my clients. Um, I think a lot of people see their, see accountants in general as like these boring, aloof people, (laughs) which I will admit it's hard to not use accounting speak when I'm talking to people and I have to like make it for the lay people (laughs) to understand. But um, wanting to develop a good relationship with my clients where we're communicating a lot more than me just doing the work and sending off a report. I ask them a lot of questions. I constantly send out links. That's like, if you want to schedule time to talk with me, like here's the link to do that acuity again. Mm. Um, And like insisting almost that my clients involve me with not their day to day, but like with major business decisions, like, I'll just see somebody's books one month and be like, oh, did you buy a car? (laughs) Can I get the invoice for that? Maybe like the sales order, (laughs) maybe. Um, So like, I would like to be that kind of partner in their business. And Mm. so 
instead of just like hoping that they'll let me in like that, I have to be the one to establish that connection first. I have to be the one to build on those relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting since I started my business, like trying to find a way to be insistent on having that relationship with them, but not in an annoying or overbearing way, but just like seeing eye to eye, like I'm a business owner too. Like, let's work together. Mm -hmm. Let me impart some of my expertise for you. And like, let's sit down and actually review your books together and talk about it. Um, and I also find it very important to me that my clients are literate about their businesses. Like they have the language to describe what's going on. They know what a profit and loss is, a balance sheet, a liability and asset. Like, let's talk about what all those words mean in relation to your business. I want it to be relatable for them. I want them to understand those terms as it fits into their day-to-day -day operations. So mm -hmm. developing relationships and educating my clients is like a huge thing beyond just data entry, reconcile bank account, move on with my life. Yeah, and I think that that's what really, in any business, um, if you're kind of like the business owner, I think that it's really important to have that sort of relationship with people. Uh, mm -hmm. even if it is like digital, depending on the type of business yeah. that you have, but just like going above and beyond for people and really making them feel supported. Um, had a couple of people enroll with me uh, this past week. And, you know, I've heard it from the last few people that have been signing up that like, they've worked with other people that they don't really feel supported. Mm. And uh, they're like, I feel comfortable with you. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm glad, you know, I Good wish start. I could give you like a big hug, you know, but I can't because yeah. you're in a different state. But um <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then when people work with me, they're very, like, I care so much just about making sure people feel supported and yeah. you know, for that, the entire process, like they can reach out to me. I tell them all the time, like, you're never bothering me, but like, I don't want to bother yeah. you. It's like, dude, you're not, <laughs> you paid yeah. me to help you yeah, and I'm, I'm here. here for you, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I use Voxer, which is really helpful because mm. it's asynchronistic and, um, I can check in on them and whatnot with that. But people are always blown away that, um, I offer like so much support and that I will check in on them. And I take that with a lot of pride because it does, yeah. it does make just the whole business interaction a lot better. And it really separates you when you can provide a unique level of services as just like, you know, doing the bookkeeping, sending it to them, just kind of like, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to, like you said, it doesn't have to be anything like extreme. It's just like, it's there, you know, and they feel mm -hmm. supported and connected with you and uh, it builds more of a relationship. And I think that that's, it's less transactional, which I think yes. is really important. Yeah, I hear so many people be like, my accountant just won't answer my calls. And I'm like, just like, what? What am yikes. I paying you for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you call me and I don't answer, you're going to hear from me within a day, unless I'm like on vacation or something. But um, totally. I try to really at least acknowledge somebody's message or communication with me. But I, not even like two business days before I'm like getting back and answering a question or responding to a request. Cause that's like, that's part of it. Not being transactional. Like you said, like my clients are not dollar signs to be like, mm -hmm. I support their business and their patronage supports my business. Like yeah. that is a transaction, but it's also a relationship that like, I'm a big part of what they do because I'm tracking everything. Like mm -hmm. I'm responsible for that data. So I, t I don't take that lightly and I want it to be more than just a report that you pull at the year and to get your taxes done. I want it to be like an analytical thing that we both understand and that you feel empowered by. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's paramount to be, to be able to do that kind of stuff and make sure people 
feel comfortable, feel supported, feel like they can get their questions answered <laughs> quickly. Yeah. You know, it's huge. Yep. Um, awesome. So Reagan, what do you like based on your career? What do you wish someone would have told you early on? <laughs> I feel like people have been telling me the same thing <laughs> and I just haven't been listening. <laughs> That's the I like the honesty. I like the honesty. <laughs> yeah. Like I gotta be honest. Like sometimes you have to hear th something 20 times before it like sinks in. Sure. Um, but when I first started my business, I was like hiding and it's just mm. really, I was not marketing. I was not selling and just kind of hoping that business would come in. Like I put up my website, I had my Facebook page, all that good stuff, but mm. I wasn't like doing anything actively to bring in new business. And it was just, and when it, when I boil it down, it's just a matter of like worrying about what other people think of me. Sure. And at the end of the day, that doesn't sign a check that doesn't pay any bills. So mm. screw it. Like, and this year, 2023, I've really like, decided to come out of my shell, I guess, and be really intentional about my message and offering up myself as a resource. And I think that that has generated a really good response for me. Mm -hmm. So for people that are thinking about starting a business, um, you got to be okay with how visible you're going to be. And that work isn't done until it's done. Like mm -hmm. it probably will never be done. No. But um, in order to make the kind of money that you want to make, it's going to require a level of visibility and you being okay with that, that you're not yet at. So yeah. doing that work to like coach yourself or whatever you need to do to have that mindset that like, I have something to offer that is unique and valuable and people want to pay for it and letting that kind of guide you in your in your message and your marketing, I think is like, I wish that I'd <laughs> let it sink in a little sooner, but sure. Hey, you know, all what? in good time. <laughs> Everything happens in the time it's supposed to. I'm really a big exactly. fan of that. And, yeah. um, you know, maybe you just had to, it's going to hit different that if it did wait a bit longer and just work that way, you know, cause you're like, okay, yeah. I've seen so many times where this didn't work and I just have to sit pony up and do it. <laughs> but it's true. I did the same thing, you know, yep. and it's, I mean, I hired so many different people and like, getting myself mm. out there and was like, I kept paying for things and courses and all that, but mm. I wasn't making money and yeah. I was frustrated and I was like, something's got to change, you know? And I learned, I realized like the one thing, my big domino was like, I have to learn how to market myself and, you know, get out there really, which is yeah. what it is. Cause like I'm consuming all this stuff and I'm not like creating enough to get out there and do it. And, yeah. um, after investing like well over a hundred thousand dollars, maybe multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point, uh, just a lot of money into growing myself over the years. Yeah. Um, and you know, enrolling people too, I've just kind of boiled it down to my little three-part mantra, which is connect, inspire, invite. Mm. And that's just what works for me. And I just kind of intuitively came up with it. And I was like, that makes sense to me. And yeah. I heard from a business mentor, one time that like as a coach in particular and like an entrepreneur, really it is anybody who doesn't have to be a coach, but our success really comes down to how many times in a month you can say, here's what it looks like to work with me and here's yeah. how much it is. Mm -hmm. Like how many of those conversations are you having where you get the opportunity to be like, this is how much it, this is what it looks like to work with me and here's how much it is. And yeah. I was like thinking about that when I heard it, like 
in that month and months and months prior, I was like, I have maybe had like one of those in a couple of months. So I was like, okay, I have to find a way to do that. And that's where, you know, over the years and investments and everything, I came up with that connect, inspire, invite. And that's like the biggest thing is like you connect with people in some way, it could be online, offline, live event, in person, whatever, and um, inspire them with your message. Like get them to see that what you have is important and that it can work for them and that they could do it. And that's where they really get inspired by storytelling and Mm -hmm. examples and whatnot that you share, painting a picture of like, this is what is possible for you. And they're like, I'm pumped about that. And then they're excited and you can see it in their tone of voice and whatnot. Then you Mm -hmm. invite them and you say, well, if you want to, we could dive deeper on this and then you can hop onto like a discovery call or whatever it is, which gives you the opportunity, assuming that it goes well, where you can say, here's what it looks like to work with me. And um, yeah, it's like, that just, evolved into like YouTube, you know, they discover you, you get connected, your, your content inspires them. And then, you know, you offer them a free guide or something to get them onto your email list or to book a call with you from your content. Now it's all like automated basically. Right. But that process in, you know, when they get on your email list, like your emails do the same thing. And, um, yeah, it's just something that's really clicked for me and made sense. And, um, yeah, I just feel like it, it would be helpful for the listener just to hear that. Yeah, for sure. I I love that like three step. I think when we kind of boil things down like that and it's like, oh, it's just three steps. Like (laughs) it's like that meme that (laughs) I don't know if this is true. It was like a tweet, but it was like somebody was like, oh, telling their like three year old daughter that in order to become an astronaut, she has to like go to college, get a degree, learn how to fly a plane or something. And she was like, well, that's just like three steps. <laughs> and like, I think we are very attracted to simplified things like that. Yeah. And the way that you worded that is like inspiring in itself that it's just like, oh, like I know how to do that already. I already know how to connect with people. I already know how to inspire other people and like make them light up. Mm-hmm. And I know how to invite people to things. So cool. I have the tools that I need. Piece together. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's just what helped me. I was like, there's gotta be a way that's like really simple. It's easy and that it feels authentic. And that was just kind of what, you know, I eventually ended up coming up with and I've been sticking with it and it's just, it works for me. So that's what, yeah. I, what I teach my clients as well. Um, Perfect. But yeah, just on the conversation, I was like, this feels like it'd be right. So yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, Reagan, it's been great talking with you, getting to know you a bit more and um, just hearing your stories and everything you've shared and the advice on kind of getting ourselves set up. Where can people learn more about you, get to know you and even work with you as well? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, It's been a pleasure. I love just getting to share my story because I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to. I'm not somebody that's making multi-millions yet, but I'm like, I'm on my way there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going there. Um, Yeah. yeah. So you can find me at my website. My business is all ease accounting and that's all ease accounting.com. And I'm on Instagram as all ease accounting, Facebook, and um, yeah, I also have a weekly podcast called Money Through Ease, where mm-hmm. I just kind of go teach people about business finances, but we also talk about other things like mindset and system like credit reporting and all that good stuff. So sweet. Okay. We'll put links down in the description for all of that. And for the listener, if you've been getting value from today's episode, or if you've listened to multiple episodes and you haven't done this yet, can you please do it? Can you just share this with a friend? That's it. Just one person. If you do get value from this podcast, um, just say, Hey, this is a cool podcast. 
give it a listen. Um, it helps Reagan get discovered, helps me get, get discovered, obviously, and it can help your friend because I'm, I'm doing my best to, to add as much value as we can in these short episodes. Keep it bite-sized. So uh, I would love you for that. And um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is that you just kind of, you know, take something from this episode, whatever we talked about, it's kind of sticking in your head and then apply it this week. Like we're talking about, it's like people keep telling you to do something and you're like, I know I should do that, but you haven't done it yet. Like this is your chance. Um, we are giving you permission to just get down, buckle down, do the work. And hopefully, um, you've gotten some good insights from today's episode. Take what you learned here, get out there and make something happen. We will see you in the next one.